we could see at the level of us producing and creating things, things that leadership couldn't see, but there's no avenue for us to go and speak to them about it or help create change. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel like a lot of my teammates were heard and things weren't getting better. And so that's frustrating because you want to love your job and feel like you're making a difference in the efficiency and success of your company. If there was a way for different levels and positions to be able to discuss and improve your company, how do you envision that happening? Welcome to Strong in Six, a podcast focused on helping you build and strengthen your business through the entrepreneurial operating system's foundational principles. Are you feeling stuck in your business? Every growing business hits the ceiling at some point. Getting stronger in the six key components of a successful business will help you break through. We just heard from Shelly Burkowski, art director at Dexia. Why is creating an avenue for all roles in areas of a business to discuss issues essential? So who better to call than Megan Sherwood, VP of Client Services at Hive House Digital. She's worked with the best, including EOS Worldwide. Hello. Hello, is this Megan? Yes, this is. Hey, Megan, I bet you weren't expecting my call. Oh, wait, you were. <laughs> <Total> surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, that worked out well. Yeah. How are you at Hive House Digital? How are you? How is life? How is the September get ready for the end of the year season working in your world? <laughs> I wanted to get right to the heart of this important discussion because most teams really struggle with the issues component. It's as much art as it is science. So I asked Megan to give me a specific example. I have this question for you, Megan, and I'm hoping you can expand upon it. What was the most heated issue you've needed to solve and how did your team work through it? So our most heated issues are around people. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly because maybe one person on the leadership team has an issue with that person and another person does not have an issue with them. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where we tend to get most heated. And we're also in different roles. So, right. So me and client services, I work with a team that, that is actually delivering on work for our clients. And so I'm in working with them more day to day, whereas other people on the leadership team, you know, they may not work as closely with them. And so the issue I have may not be an issue that they have. And so that, that really is, it's more of a category that people issues are, are a problem. We had a member of our team who were great from a performance standpoint. You know, they delivered things, uh, completed their tasks. They were very passionate about their work, but they had issues with other members on the team. Um, in fact, in one of our you know, larger team meetings, one of the people that had a problem said that they didn't have, and they used the word psychological safety to be open and honest. And, and at the time, um, especially one of our core values was open and honest. And so we were finding that as a team, we were not exhibiting that core value because there was someone on the team that was very, very defensive. If you tried to be open and honest, it caused a great deal of tension in the larger team. 
I think the tool we use to really help solve this people issue, and if you're going to say, oh, duh, is we, we get out the people analyzer and we, we put that on the issues list. And if we ever have an issue with a team member, this first person I'm talking about, because when we started this with, we got that out. And so I think when you step back and you run that people analyzer and everybody actually thinks about each core value for that person and then the GWC I think you're able to say, oh, you know what? This really, they don't have this core value. This is a plus minus or even a minus. And by doing that, it became very obvious that the person was not a fit right person or right seat for the company. And so um, that person ended up, ended up leaving after we kind of went through our, our process. I love that, you know, and thank you for your vulnerability and saying, you know, duh, it's the people analyzer. But, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of saying there's a tool for that. And so it isn't always duh. You have to build that muscle with repetition, Mm -hmm. right? So that you default to, all right, what are the what tool would help us in this situation to keep it neutral and really be able to look and evaluate in that way where it's like, oh, this is an aggregated set of feedback. It's not, it's not my opinion anymore. Yes, exactly. You're able to step back and take maybe emotions out of it and just look at each one of those. And and ever since then, that has become a tool we use all the time. For those of you who may not be familiar, we've named two tools within this discussion, the People Analyzer, which is the go-to tool in the EOS toolbox where we have to decide and really neutralize our emotions around how well people are doing both with our core values, our cultural accountability, and GWC was the second tool, which is get it, want it, capacity, how they're doing in their seats, specifically how well they do their job. Both tools provide actionable steps that move you forward when you're stuck dealing with people challenges. There's two traps you can get caught in. One is the heart trap. The other is the performance trap. The heart trap is where you're really feeling like this person is such a good cultural fit that we should keep them because they've got extenuating circumstances in their life. We've all done this one. The other one you'll also be familiar with is the performance trap where that person does their job so well that we make excuses for bad behavior. Neither one is a reason to keep people, right people in the right seats. We have to have both. I wanted to ask Megan, what's changed in her relationship with solving issues from when she was self-implementing eight-ish years ago to now working with an implementer and has years of practice in, because what I've found working with people who have self-implemented, their commitment to the system is great, but their practice and how they do it could be improved. What's changed in how you solve issues from before you used EOS, if you can remember eight-ish years ago, to when you self-implemented, to now when you're, you know, eight years down the road and you've got some reps mm-hmm. and you've worked with an implementer, what's changed? I think it's probably just calling them issues in general. You know, before when you'd have, um, you'd have those meetings, they were just agenda items, right? So when you start thinking about them as issues, you start to think about 
it's more than just an agenda item. It's something to solve. Mm -hmm. And it neutralizes it, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Last thing I want to come back to, I love and have studied a bit psychological safety. Can you talk about what that means for you guys Mm -hmm. at your company? Because whether you use the people analyzer properly, which you just talked Mm -hmm. about, or you Mm -hmm. default to core values and really diving in going, huh, are you living that? Talk about how that conjoins with psychological safety, if you would. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm using the term appropriately. This is the term that the employee brought to me. But from what I understand, it is feeling safe enough that you can express your opinions, give feedback, both uh, positive and negative, and feel that this person will uh, receive that feedback and you know, not fly off the handle or, you know, we'll accept it and we'll be willing to talk it through and not get, you know, overly defensive or shut down. You know, I think it's, you know, people working together to solve that issue. So I think I, I, that's what I read it as. And again, like I mentioned, one of our core values was open and honest feedback. So that is something that we want and hope that each person on the team would feel. Kudos again to you guys for doing that. When you think in terms of solving issues, just to give our listeners some perspective, do you do them faster, slower? How long do they typically take to solve things compared to, again, before or as you've been on this learning journey? I think it really depends on the issue. Um, We have some issues where we say, you know, today, this is this is the most important thing we need to deal with. And it's going to take it might take up the whole time it, it just because it's something that's that important. But that's not typical. You know, typically we can get through, I think we have about 30 minutes to, uh, set aside for issue solving. Um, we probably can get through anywhere between, I don't know if there's a good number and I'm afraid to say, um, anywhere between like six to 12 issues we could probably solve. So probably those are pretty quick things. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we always try to solve the, you know, anything on the scorecard first, anything mm-hmm. that's going to like stay in the way, um, stay in the way of our rocks. We always handle those first. We try to follow that process and that helps us kind of stay uh, moving pretty quickly. But like I said, there's some outliers where we have to spend more time and we only get a few issues done. So you've prioritized people, scorecard numbers and rocks, which is absolutely picture per- perfect. On average, you start to build momentum where it's two or three minutes to get through Things that used to take you how long? Just ballpark. I honestly could probably be 10 to 15 minutes if you just start going down a a path when you're not really all trying to solve, right? Right. I think there's just that mental shift of like, we're here to discuss and solve it, not just talk about it, right? So one thing we'll try to say is, you know, try to have a possible solution in mind. So you're not just complaining, right? So like, what's the problem? And do you have any ideas of how we might solve it? Discuss that. Awesome. I can tell you two things that we've gotten better at that I could say we struggled with for a while. And that is we would tend to, you know, add new issues to the bottom of the list. And we would always work on just those issues. So you're supposed to get to the issues list and then read each issue and then prioritize. Mm -hmm. We would just skip that step we found that there'd all be these, these issues at the top of the list that never got talked about because we forgot about them. So mm-hmm. I think not skipping that step is really important to read it out, 
So you're, you know, is this still an issue? Yeah, no, Spanky wholeheartedly agrees with you. That's my dog that's communicating (laughs) in the background. And thank you for pointing that out, because I think that's something that's really easy as a team going into IDSing. You know, it's like, what's in front of you? What's top of mind? As opposed to really stepping back and saying, this is our, you know, dedicated on the business time. What do we really need each other for? That's time sensitive, mission critical, slowing progress, causing friction, all the things you alluded to. It saves time in the end, I think. I think so too, definitely. Why did Megan's point about using the issues list as it was intended matter? When you think about it, they were using the tool, but they were using it incorrectly. So they weren't gaining all the benefits and all the efficiencies or maximizing what was possible. She talked about prioritizing the people issues, scorecard numbers, and rocks as issues because most teams, they grab what's at the top. Sometimes they'll start the meeting with what's quick, which then isn't quick. (laughs) And in fact, you waste precious time when the things you might need to solve most are the most uncomfortable and subconsciously you delay that stuff. My next guest is Dean Braley. He's a certified EOS implementer from over the pond. We're calling him because if you have issues, you want to know Dean. It's good to be on a call. It feels like it's been forever since we spoke. So I just. I think yeah. it has been, hasn't it? Yeah, it must be. COVID, COVID might have played a little part in that. And yeah, just. But yeah, great to see you anyway. So I've got a question for you because I know we got on late, but what have you seen people struggle with in the issues component? What tips do you have to share? So yeah, I would say that a lot of teams get stuck in the first place understanding what an issue even is. You know, what what is an issue to take it to that kind of meta level? And um, I think, I don't know whether it's a, a British thing or whether it translates, you know, across the Atlantic as well, but issue here has quite a negative connotation people think an an issue is necessarily a bad thing so just kind of helping people understand and have a mindset that you know actually if you google the dictionary definition of it it is right there it's a topic of conversation so you know an issue is neither good bad or ugly it's just an issue and it's just something we're going to have to have a conversation around at some point in time and we just want to keep hold of it if we start there and you can get people to just write things down and say look if this is a conversation you need to have let's wait until we've got kind of a protected space where actually we can focus in on this conversation rather than just sending a you know a, a, an email out where you're CCing in seven people and three people junk it and one person reads it and deletes it and the other you know like that kind of communication gets a bit sticky and icky so when you can just write things on the list and say that when the time is right we'll have a very good open honest conversation around this I think that that really helps people. Love that you said protected space can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, certainly. Well, you know, like life's busy. Everybody's busy. Everybody's trying to do too much stuff in not enough hours. And so when something lands on your plate, your first instinct is I want to move this on. I want to get rid of it. I've got an issue here and I need to inform the leadership team about this. And what's the best, fastest way of doing that is either going to send an instant message to somebody on like WhatsApp or Slack or send them an email 
but you kind of lose control of the conversation then uh, and you know that just then re results in about 15 emails bouncing backwards and forwards and you lose people from the thread and so that that protected space is about saying when is the best and right time to have that conversation and actually if it can wait until i know our team are in a room together and we have an hour where we don't do anything else but just have really great conversations about the things that are most important to us you're going to get more value from that conversation and being able to look into people's eyeballs and go do you get me have you heard me are you on the same page I want to highlight Dean's insights that really struck a chord about Megan's earlier points, creating that psychologically safe space for people to neutralize what is usually an emotionally charged topic. This is why the EOS framework and specifically the people analyzer are some of the most valuable tools you can rely upon because they set the stage to take out that emotion and let you get to the heart of the issue without the stories, examples, reasons, excuses, and make you get into the actions you've been unwilling to take. From one implementer to another, now I wanna look for more specific struggles that Dean's encountered or conquered when it comes to solving issues because we have that privilege of being in the room with many teams. I think this came up in a session the other day. We were struggling with why a team was getting, you know, to use the word, traction with, with their issues. And I, I came to the conclusion, if I think of like the issue is a tree, you know, and we always teach we want to go to the root, but I found the team was going to the branches. And you know, what they do is just plucking out branches left, right and center. And so it was really working with them to get down, dig up the roots, right? And helping that team get crystal clear on, well, we're talking about a topic. We're talking about a theme. It isn't really an issue. It's, it's lots of issues. So what is at the root, the real issue? And again, we use the model, we use you know, our five leadership abilities, lots of ways in which we help them get down to the actual root. Mm -hmm. And I think for them, that really helped them understand. And another way I've, I've likened it is, you know, I've watched teams, it's almost like they close their eyes and throw darts at a dartboard. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> yeah, so like, open your eyes and go for the bullseye. What really is the, is the most valuable point here that we need to have a conversation around? And so, you know, we, um, we teach the discipline of capturing it on lists. And I say, well, you know, if you need to take the tool inside the tool and this issue needs a little issues list of its own, let's look at all the symptomatic stuff and then get to the heart of the, the fewest and yet most important issues that are probably creating all the rest of these symptoms. I wanna take what Dean said, getting to the heart of the issue that hitting the bullseye requires clarity. But what does clarity really look like? We teach like three to five words when you capture an issue down on the list and that, that puts a lot of fear and you know, I see my leadership team's eyes open, like mouths drop to the floor, three to five words. How can we possibly, I'm like, well, if you can't describe this issue and remember what it is in three to five words, you don't understand it well enough. You know, you haven't really got the clarity because I've seen oh, it. So good. Yeah, an issues list full of, you know, every issue is a paragraph. It's like a chapter in the book. And I'm like, you're going to slow yourselves down and you're going to tie yourself up in knots because human being is going to want to try and take all that information in and you just like I say it's not going to give you the value that you think it will so just again a, a teaching them that discipline of finding the hook i always call it the sexy movie title right whatever this issue what's the movie title and then i say no plot spoilers i don't want to know the plot i don't want to know what's going on until we until we dig in and start you know understanding and idsing that issue that yeah that would be another thing go more into that i love it 
Well, so again, like if you've got an issues list full of oh, seven to 75 items and every single one of those is a paragraph long, you know, that's like a Lord of the Rings trilogy and we're not going to get through that in <laughs> minutes. So, but it's also really difficult for those those teams to figure out the priorities when there's just so much information clouding up the list. So being disciplined to capture an issue in three to five words also is a preventative. So it stops a team wanting to dig in to the weeds too quick. It's that discipline of the less information that's on there, but the person who knows it's their issue and they want to get it solved, when they speak up and prioritize it, that's when we'll dig in. So I think just helps helps the team see actually what all the issues are, but mm -hmm. also prevents them from going too deep into it until it's the right time. I love that. I've had teams stop and look at massive issues lists and say the issues list is an issue in and of itself. I, I, I must have said that hundreds of times. <laughs> That's totally cool. You know, if your issues list is the issue, I think I find that, especially in the early stages of working with teams, when we don't really have the rest of the organization, you know, playing the same game that we're playing. And so every issue is the leadership team's issue. But then again, you, when, when we roll this stuff out, it's like, just get really good at letting it go and saying this belongs right. at the, you know, the operations level 10 and we're going to send it there and just we're going to have a bit of a feedback loop so we know it gets dealt with. But we don't have to solve it. You know, like we mm -hmm. want to create this culture of problem solving from top to bottom. And A, if, if the pair of eyeballs who is ultimately accountable for that issue isn't in the room, we can't solve it. So mm -hmm. you know, like we, we got to get really good at getting the right issues solved in the right place by the right people using the right tools. Is there anything I didn't ask you about issues that you wanted to share? It's just be clear you're solving the right issues in the right time. You know, I've seen teams who they're so excited about the future, but sometimes there are some fundamental issues in the way. They forget, you know, like trying to do a running race without tying your shoelaces. You've got to tie your shoelace first. So, you know, if that's our if that is our now issue, let's make sure that in the short term we're solving the right issues so we can get to the long term. You know, I, I've described it before as, you know, like it's all very good if you want to build this bridge, but if you if you haven't fixed the foundations in the first place, the bridge isn't going to stand up for long. So it's just asking teams to look at really what are the issues in the way of them getting where they want to go and solve the right ones first. Dean's insights included being crystal clear, removing distractions, getting to the root, the heart of the issue at the right time, making it the right priority, simplifying how you talk about big, hairy, complex things, being able to distill it down to the root cause. The EOS framework for IDSing, identifying, discussing, and solving issues creates a safe space, an effective space for people to be heard. This takes us back to Shelley's question, wondering if there was an avenue or a way for different levels and positions to be able to discuss and improve your company. The IDS methodology can be used everywhere, top to bottom within the framework of your entire company when you practice it well. As someone who's facilitated well over a thousand sessions, I can tell you every client walks in thinking they are the biggest mess that I've ever seen. In fact, this part, learning how to IDS issues and really solve them the first time they come up and make them go away forever, the single thing you have to do is practice. Practice, practice, practice. You will not get this the first time out of the gate and be prepared for quite a few speed bumps.
thanks to Shelly for the great question and to Megan and Dean for sharing their wisdom, their time, and the practice they've learned so much from with us. Thank you for listening. And remember, go to eosworldwide.com for more information and tools to download. Whatever you do, keep kicking butt and taking names. Strong in Six Issues Week is powered by the 2023 U.S. EOS Conference. Join the EOS community in Indianapolis on April 19th through 21st, 2023 and accelerate your journey to EOS mastery and living your EOS life. Register today at eosconference.com.